Hi, everyone. It's your podcast host, Jim Andrews, here with a reminder that the Ticket Manager Partner Summit is back. We'll be getting together in person on October 17th this year at the Times Center in New York City. This is a free, invitation-only event where hundreds of business leaders across the world's most influential brands in sports, sponsorship, live events, and ticketing gather to make great connections and share valuable information. Approved attendees enjoy exclusive networking events, insightful panels, and exciting celebrity speakers, all for free. Are you interested in attending? Just go to ticketmanager.com for details on how to apply. Welcome to Ticket Manager's All Access Interview Series, engaging leaders from across the sports marketing spectrum to identify and explore critical issues in the business of sports, entertainment, sponsorship, activation, ticketing, hospitality, and even more. I'm your host, Jim Andrews. Joining me on this episode is Luke Drake, Vice President of Commercial Partnerships for Qatar Airways. Luke's career has seen him on the agency side at uh, PRISM in London. Uh, He's had stops as Senior Manager of Global Sponsorships at the Williams Formula One team and Head of Commercial Partnerships at Formula One itself before taking his current role in Doha nearly two years ago. Luke, welcome. It's a pleasure to have you join us. Hey, Jim. Thanks for that introduction. Great to be here and to talk about sponsorships, obviously a topic we're both very passionate about, and to share some insights with your guests. Excellent. If I were to sit here and and start to read the list of your current partnerships, it would take the entire time we've allotted for this interview. It's quite extensive. You know, know, Formula One, FIFA, IPL, European soccer clubs, Ironman, as I said, a very, very long list. So why don't we just start, Luke, with, with what's the strategy behind all of those commercial partnerships, this commercial partnership program? You know, what, what are some of the, uh, the goals and, and objectives that, uh, that the company is trying to achieve? And, and where does sponsorship fit into the marketing mix? Yeah, sure. We're very lucky, Jim, to uh, you know, have so many great relationships uh, across the world of sport, culture and entertainment. You know, sponsorships and sport is very important to the vision of the country as well as the airline. Uh, So we're very committed to hosting the biggest and best events in Qatar. Obviously, we've we've done that. Uh, The country did an amazing job uh, hosting, you know, the most successful and well-organized FIFA World Cup in 2022. So part of my brief when joining the airline was to deliver the FIFA World Cup Qatar 22 from a sponsorship perspective, it's obviously a huge effort on behalf of the airline and the country. The airport is also included uh, within uh, the airline, uh, the group, and is the world's best airport along with the world's best airline. So that kind of points us towards the strategy around sponsorships of, you know, we really want to be associated with these kind of prominent teams, uh, federations and leagues around the world that kind of mirror our image uh, that we have in the marketplace. Uh, we always want to deliver for our customers and we want to work with partners who are equally passionate about delivering uh, you know, great experiences, amazing hospitality for their customers and for their guests. 
So that's always really important when we choose who to align with. And we're really representing Qatar and the interests of bringing some of the best tourism opportunities here, as well as serving a global airline network of over 160 destinations. So it's a sort of a two-pronged strategy, looking after our sort of global network and, and also making sure we have the best opportunities for Qatar from a sports and entertainment perspective. And that would I guess, explain why that sponsorship portfolio is is so diverse. So obviously they're 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 geographic, as you just pointed out, the, the geographic considerations, uh, the the bringing of people uh, to to Qatar. But are there different uh, like a target audiences and and objectives? Or is is there kind of more kind of an umbrella focus for all, for all of those commercial relationships? Sure. Yeah, we generally categorize our sponsorship portfolio into sort of three different buckets. The first would be sort of our global partnerships, and a, and a real key objective of those partnerships is driving mass visibility for the airline. You know, our partnerships with FIFA and Formula One do a fabulous job of you know really increasing our brand awareness and in turn sort of the brand health of, of Qatar Airways and also the most prominent assets as well and uh, very premium and prestigious ones that we're lucky enough to have. You know, the second bucket is, reg- is our regional partnerships. You know, there are some regional objectives uh, and partnerships that we have uh, which are very specific to the, the, the goals of the local markets. So a few good examples of that is uh, our partnership with the Sydney Swans in Sydney, which is an AFL team, very important to the local culture. Uh, we have a fantastic partnership with the Brooklyn Nets in New York, which services the uh, the New York area uh, extremely well, which is an important gateway in the US. We recently did a partnership with the United Rugby Championship uh, and the European Professional Club Rugby competitions. And the main reason for that was to support South Africa and Europe because for the first time, the European club rugby teams and the South African club rugby teams were playing within the same league. So there was a great travel requirement, uh, which we now facilitate via Doha when the European and the South African clubs are playing each other. So that was a real regional objective to tell that story and to open up the South African market to a sport which is very dear to the community in South Africa, uh, but also to, 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 to stimulate travel between those two destinations. The third and final bucket is our domestic partnerships. And those domestic partnerships are often with international federations, FIFA being a great example of a big league that has come to Qatar. Uh, But we're also looking at Ironman in the same way. We're global partner of the Ironman series. Uh, But part of that deal is to host an Ironman event in Qatar. Uh, Equally, we launched a, a new hotel under the umbrella of the airline. FKB Resort is a kite surf beach. So the airline built this hotel and together with Qatar Tourism, uh, we're sponsors of the Global Kite Surf Association, which brings two championship events uh, per year to the hotel. So, you know, we have sort of three buckets of how we organize things. And as I said at the beginning, it's kind of very central to uh, both tourism objectives here in Qatar and also serving the airline globally. 
I had noticed the kite surfing partnership and and was wondering what the impetus behind that was. So, and also, Luke, I've noticed uh, recent promotions for uh, Qatar Airways holidays packages around F1, around the uh, uh, RCB uh, partnership in, in India. Is tying partnerships directly to kind of sales initiatives and, and business building initiatives something we can expect to see more of in, in the future? Yeah, no, absolutely. You can. You know, previously, sponsorships was considered as a communications tool within the airline. And more recently, and, you know, um, in, in line with my appointment, uh, sponsorships is now more of a commercial tool. Obviously, it has great communications relevance and delivers fantastic PR opportunities and our, our brand awareness opportunities. But it's really important uh, that we commercialize as well. So my reporting line is actually into Discover Qatar and Qatar Airways holidays within the airline. So we have a natural commercial incentive between the two groups to take the uh, assets that we receive in our sponsorship contracts uh, which we now discuss actively with rights holders so that we can convert those into products that we can actually have on the market. And I believe it's a commercial uh, objective, but it's also a real brand objective because I'm a big believer that all sponsorships, the brand has to have a very clear and defined role. And our role is delivering amazing sports travel experiences to fans. So you can really live the Qatar Airways brand you know, whilst you're enjoying your favorite sport. I have probably said this too many times on, on my podcasts over the years, but uh, that's the great thing about sponsorships, right, is it, it, it can hit so many of those different areas for, for a business, whether it's an airline, a soft drink company, a bank, but, uh, but really allowing for, for all of those things to be car- become part of the, the program. And that brings me to my, to my next question, which is, you know, the airline industry is so competitive. You've got many other airlines who are also very active in sports partnerships. Uh, does that factor into to, to what you do? And, 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 and are there ways that you can kind of stand out from, from the, the type of, of clutter to make sure that, uh, you know, the target audiences here are, are getting the message and, and, and seeing what, what you're doing? You know, whilst we're lucky to have a very healthy portfolio of sponsorships, we'd like to think it's also, you know, quite concise and quite tight in terms of, of what we choose to partner with. You know, our main approach is to ensure that we have always premium assets, but that we heavily activate them correctly. So, you know, that is activation across commercial, across, um, you know, marketing, social and, and, and digital initiatives and making sure that we don't leave any rights to go to waste. And we would prefer not to do something rather than to do it half or um, just to show up with the brand logo. You know, we're always there with a, a very clear and concise plan. And, and to your point, that helps us to stand out and to differentiate. And the whole business is, uh, you know, including right from the very top, you know, His Excellency Mr. Albaca is, is very committed to sponsorships. And, you know, it's uh, our job to ensure a very strong return on investment. And the only way to really do that is by activating smartly with the resources that we have, both the human resources and, and making sure we have a good investment that we can actually put next to the sponsorship. Whereas, you know, there are uh, plenty of examples of, of brands in the marketplace that, you know, have a lot of rights, but don't tend to activate them. Uh, and, you know, that, that really is a uh, counter to, to our strategy. We, we like to activate a lot. 
And, and, and again, yes, activation is really where, you know, we see that, uh, that sponsors achieve results. And speaking of that, do you have kind of a, a set way that you determine how your partnerships are, are performing? And can you share a little bit, if, if that's the case, about metrics or evaluation models or just, just your general approach to how you look at uh, whether it's RLI, RLO of these different partnerships? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, what we're striving for, and, and to be honest, and, you, and you'll know this, and you know, other sponsorship marketers will, will, will share the same challenges. You know, it can be difficult to get timely data in right. in order to make your decisions and to evaluate your sponsorship. So I wouldn't say that we've uh, we've always cracked it, but we're certainly striving towards a system where we can effectively put all of our partnerships next to each other and pound for pound judge which one is performing the best. You know, on a, on an equal scale. Obviously, the investment levels uh, will be vastly different ac- across different partnerships that we have. But we tried to create a level playing field with our um, with our trackers and with our evaluation techniques to be able to say, well, this partnership in in the U.S., which is uh, X amount, is performing uh, return on investment better than this partnership, which we spend far more on, but actually is not delivering the same pound for pound returns. Uh, of course, media return on investment continues to be a really important driver. Um, you know, when you're looking at uh, in investments uh, which are of, of significant cost to the airline, we have to demonstrate real significant return investments. And media is the, one of the strongest ways of, of showing that. But we also do very closely track all of our commercial contributions. So that could be, you know, how much cargo business do we do? Uh, with a particular federation or how much passenger or cargo bi- uh, or, or uh, charter business are we doing? And then equally, we can uh, keep track of all of the, the package sales that we put together through Qatar Airways holidays or Discover Qatar for events here in Qatar. So it's both commercial and media driven. We're, of course, always tracking uh, PR and you know how much reach that we can uh, be be, be a attracting through our different initiatives that we have in the marketplace and so it's it's pretty comprehensive and our absolute goal is a pound for pound uh, understanding of which is is performing best and, and which needs more work because that gives us a really good argument to speak to rights holders about how we can make active improvements and give them some solutions to help us achieve our goals too. You really anticipated my my next question, which is you talked about the the importance of of activation. We certainly agree on that, and and that really does require, I think, in in almost all cases, you know, that the partners you know play a, play a role in that. Uh, so, how important is that relationship? Making sure that they understand objectives and 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 how these these programs are going to be evaluated, you know. Is it is it important that you have partners who really are actively involved in what activations, experiential platforms, the understanding of, of their fans, their their followers? You know, what elements uh, should they really understand, or perhaps could they understand better about working with uh, an airline, yours in particular, or or others that would that would really help kind of build all of that and, and make those programs successful? The, the sponsorship department, you know, my team, uh, which I must say is absolutely world-class, uh, very international team who is looking after our sponsorships. And, you know, we have a very good team that is resourced to this department because of the value 
that the company places on sponsorships. But you know, we're not the marketing department. We're not the PR department. You know, the the role of my team is actually very executional when it comes to activation. Obviously, the our contracts now negotiation at the commercial side is is one thing, but when it comes to activation, it's it's very executional. And it can be challenging to navigate such a big corporation such as ours to execute small and large programs at pace around the world, multiple different venues and matches often all happening at the same time. So there is a really important role to play for rights holders to be able to step up and provide solutions to help brands activate, you know, especially when they have large portfolios like we do. Uh, and, you know, some of the partners we work with are excep- exceptionally good at that. We do work with sort of activation, resourcing and funds in sponsorships that we negotiate in terms of the commercial deal itself, because it gives us the flexibility to turn on certain events or activities with the clubs or the federations at pace with a light lift, because we'll be working in one big project, but there are other projects that um, you know need to keep moving as well. So working with great agency partners, which we um, have onboarded recently in order to be more execution agile, as it were, but working also with the rights holders on, on smart solutions that are quick to deploy, super important for a big corporation like us with a large portfolio. You know, I, I sometimes really, really wonder at the uh, the size and the scale of some of these these operations. Uh, Luke, how many uh, folks do you have on, on the sponsorship team there? Yeah, I mean, before before I joined, it was a relatively small group, probably four or five. But as we've grown the portfolio and we, we continue to invest in it as a commercial sponsorships department, I mean, you know, we're probably more like 15 plus people now, uh, which is really exciting. And we work very closely with the local markets. Obviously, we really could not deploy those programs that we're doing without their support. And of course, we are briefing the marketing team, we're briefing the PR teams and the events teams uh, with the assets, with the opportunities that we can bring to the table. And then together with the rights holders, we're, we're executing the plans. So, I mean, we're a core team of, uh, you know, 15 or so people, uh, but key to our success is working seamlessly with all the other departments, because it's really not something we do all on our own. You know, we're executional, we negotiate the deals, we make sure the rights holders are delivering everything that they should be, but we really work in uh, synchronization with all of the other departments. And I think that's the only way to make sponsorship really work, right? You mentioned before you have the support from from the very top on on down, and, and that's key because, as you said, you know, the, the sponsorship department cannot do it alone. There's, there's just no way. Uh, yeah. So glad to hear you have that kind of support. Yeah. We especially found that with uh, the FIFA World Cup because, you know, programs that we manage with Formula One at the moment, you know, an event can be anywhere between 30 and 100 people. Uh, And that's a very um, manageable group of people for us to be able to look after in terms of putting the program together. But when you look at the FIFA World Cup Qatar, you're talking about thousands of guests and customers coming. So it was essential when we prepared for that event that we distributed the responsibility across all of the hosting teams, gave them the tools and the knowledge of how they were to be looking after their guest programs, and then give them the entertainment. We created a great product called Qatar Airways House in the hotel next to our head office, which is part of our group. 
And that was our sort of main hospitality hub that we were giving to our departments to, to host all of their guests there. But you know, really what was key was distributing the responsibility. So otherwise we would have really struggled to manage those kind of numbers. Uh, FIFA. Yeah, Luke, before I let you go, I one of my favorite things on, on the podcast is when I have a guest who has worked kind of across the different aspects of sponsorship. And as I, as I noted in the beginning, starting out on the agency side, being on the, on the rights holder and the, and, and the property side, as you were now being on the brand side, I'd love to ask you if you could just share kind of what 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 are the best and, and maybe some of the the, the worst aspects of your, of your current role, and what do you miss most about uh, and, and maybe the least about your former positions? Yeah, I think one of the the things that is uh, eye opening when you move to the brand side, you know, to a big corporation with a with a corporate brand, is uh, you know just just how high the stakes are uh, when you strike up a, a new partnership with a you know a brand new organization that you haven't worked with before. And, you know, you're really putting your trust in that organization to uh, deliver to the high standards that your brand and all of the employees that represent the brand are working daily so hard to upkeep. You know, I think when you're selling sponsorships, you know, you're confident in your product and you're putting it out there in the marketplace with a set of deliverables. But really, when you're on the brand side, you just realize, uh, you know, how high profile these relationships are and you know how important it is to deliver to certainly in our organization you know voted the world's best airline and the world's best airport you know these standards are really important to get across to your partners you know about how they need to deliver for you in a certain way which is in line with you know how the brand likes to be seen globally so i think that's just a really interesting dynamic that i think is quite exciting uh, things become a lot more personal you know, you're you're so invested in making these partnerships work, I think, on the brand side. Uh, whereas I think on the rights holder side, you know, you're thinking about a Formula One team, how quickly you can make your car, for example, and sponsorship is a revenue stream. Whereas when you're on the brand side, you know, it's what happens on that racetrack or on that football match with your LED branding. You know, this is really high stakes. Uh, I would say it's a, a double-edged sword because uh, that, that can mean as well, when things don't go right, you know, it's, it hurts that much more. So I, I think that's the thing that I would take away. And that I would say to, you know, people who haven't been on the brand side, who are on the rights holder side is, you know, just how personal it becomes when brands get involved, because it's a leap of faith. Things that um, I would, I would say from my old job that, you know, I miss is, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed the, uh, the, the, the speed of working with a Formula One team, for example, you know, when you're uh, part of a team that's actually competing in a competitive league and you win or you lose, things go your way or they don't, or the team has got financial difficulties or you're doing really well, um, you know, there's a, there's a great deal of excitement in that, which, yeah. uh, which I enjoyed. But I would say as I work for a, a travel company, you know, we travel to 160 destinations around the world. Uh, but my role is... Perhaps uh, my, my schedule here is a little bit more stable. I don't travel out of Doha all that often. Um, as I said, I've got a great team who do a lot of the travel now. I've done plenty of travel, which uh, was exciting at the time. But, you know, for, for having a young family, it's uh, probably uh, slightly nicer to, to be more located in one place. Sure. So I'm certainly enjoying that and being in Doha. It's a great country. So there's plenty to see here. Um, it's a lot very local. 
what you're doing is is really fascinating on on so many different levels, and uh, just wish you uh, uh, all the best and in, in, in future success. And maybe we can uh, do this again sometime when we have a chance. But really, really appreciate you uh, taking some time today to walk us through your your, your sponsorship portfolio and, and the objectives and, and all of that. And uh, uh, just uh, on behalf of all of the the listeners and, and the viewers, thank you very much for for spending some time with us. Uh, Thanks, Jim. I enjoyed the conversation and uh, appreciate being invited on. Excellent. And on behalf of Ticket Manager, thank all of you for watching and listening. And please join us again for the next episode in the All Access interview series.